0: Welcome to church. It's been a good morning so far, hasn't it? What a great job everyone's done. Thank you for everyone who's contributed this morning. Miriam with the skit and the costume making. Uh, Natalie's done an amazing job out there with some food. So you'll, you know, and there's kitchen crew out there. There's a lot of people that make this morning happen. So thank you to all of you. All of you guys that have been practicing the skit, the youth band, the worship team. What an amazing job. How beautiful was that clip? I think traditionally we've considered it to be more of a mum thing, that they kind of feel like emotional or have have strong emotions when it comes to their kids growing up. But I think it's very much a dad thing, but maybe not as socially acceptable to talk about. So I just thought that was a nice little clip. So Happy Father's Day. Uh, It's a great day to celebrate. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, no matter whether your kids have grown and left home or whether they're still here. Those who are close to their kids, those that may not be close to their kids, foster dads, stepdads, dads dads who are also mums, mums that have to be dads, yet to be dads, spiritual dads, today is about celebrating you, so happy Father's Day. I've just got a really short message, kids, don't worry, and I think that you'll be able to understand it, and so we've got a really short message as per one service protocol. (laughs) And then we're going to head on out, no, actually, after my, we've got the youth bands coming up, back up for some worship, and then we're going to be heading out for hot dogs and cupcakes. You don't want to miss that. On the way out also, Dads, you need to grab a small gift from us to you. We're hoping that next week you might wear your gift, and we might get some photos. And now you're all going to spend time wondering what that gift is, and I can assure you that it's not underpants. I didn't check that joke before I said it by the way. <laughs> so if you need to fire me, you need to fire quite a lot of us. <laughs> <clears throat> when I was in my early 20s, I had an experience, a moment with God that changed forever how I saw God and my relationship with God. <clears throat> it was a moment that changed everything and it still holds me when life can get shaky. Who here, put up your hand if life ever gets shaky? Should we put up a few hands, feet? <laughs> uh, I was at the beach. It was a beach called Maraitai in Auckland. And if you go to Maraitai Beach, it's quite, uh, you know, uh, there's shops and stuff there now. But anyway, if you, if you drive further along, all the way to the end before you turn towards, I think it's this point, if, if, at the end there is a playground and it's on the beach. And uh, I used to go there most Mondays when I was living in Auckland and working for a church there. Monday was my day off. And I'd go there most Mondays just to sort of Uh, clear the clutter of the mind. I wasn't even a parent then, but there was still clutter. And just really spend time with God. And one day, you know, I was thinking about this story. And because it's more than 20 years ago, I was like, I I actually, it's so real to me that I don't know if it was actually real or I imagined it. I know that sounds strange, but I'm going to tell you the story like there was actually real other people in the story. But I'm actually not sure if there was. (laughs) I know, I'm sounding crazy, right? (laughs) I'm not, I promise. I was just sitting on a swing at this beach and just uh, hanging out with God and having a chat, and there was a little kid, I think. (laughs) Like I said, I don't know if they were really there or if I just imagined them. Let's say they were. There was a little kid, and that little kid was maybe about two years old, and they climbed up the slide, and they were sliding down the slide, and their dad was at the end of the slide. And this kid just slid down the slide with such joy and such excitement like small children do, like their whole life, their whole world is coming to this. Just so much joy right now because they're on a slide with their dad. And this kid slid down the slide and dad, dad, you know you've seen in movies and stuff like that, the dad picked the kid up and was so happy like there was nowhere else they wanted to be but there with their kid. And God said to me very, very, very clearly, like he was actually physically there, he said to me so clearly, that's how I feel about you. That's a picture of me with you. And well, I cried. And uh, from that moment forward, there has never been a doubt in my mind that God loved me. From that moment forward, it has been a solid foundation in my life that God loved me and God found me so precious that he delighted to spend time with me. And I'm not telling you that story like how I give my mum a card saying, from your favourite child, suggesting that I'm God's favourite child. The the reality is, is that we're all God's favourite children. That every single one of us, God wants to have that moment with us. He says that to every single one of us. Every single one of us is a very, very precious child of God whom he wants to spend time with. His love, you know... We think our dad, you know, a lot of us know that our dads love us, our earthly dads love us, but the love that our father in heaven has for us far, far surpasses even the very best earthly dad. 1 John 3 verse 16 says, no, 1 John 3 verse 1 says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. The reality is that's how he feels about all of us. And I know some of you are saying, well, I've never had an experience with God like that. Why have I not had an experience with God like that? And when I was thinking about that question yesterday, the the word came to me, proximity. Proximity of heart, proximity of what you're doing with your life. If we are not close to God, we don't always hear his voice. If we don't intentionally go and spend time with God, It's hard to hear in the clatter. If I had been spending my day off at the mall, having lunch with a friend, watching Netflix or on Instagram, not that they actually existed then, but. (laughs) Could God break through all those distractions and all those clutter? Yes, of course he could. But will he force his love on you? I don't think he will. Because he's a loving father and he doesn't want you to hear you say, Dad. (laughs) Dad. Proximity is actually biblical. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 to 14, there, there you call upon me and, I, and come to pray. Ugh, hang on a minute. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Yes, God is everywhere, but we need to intentionally put ourselves in proximity to God where we shut out everything else so He can, we can know that he's close and he can say those things to us because that is what he desires. He desires that kind of relationship with each and every one of you. A number of years ago, I was at an Elam conference, and I can't even remember who said this, but it stuck with me. And he was a pastor of a church, and he said, once my kids became teenagers... I made sure I was home more at night, because you know, often we have night meetings. and stuff like that. But I intentionally scheduled meetings that could be in the daytime, in the daytime, instead of the night, so that I could be at home with my teenagers. Because while, while being at home did not guarantee a meaningful interaction with my teenagers, who's got teenagers here? Being at home does not always guarantee a meaningful interaction with your teenagers, but not being at home guaranteed you would not have a meaningful interaction with your teenagers. I actually said to my husband last night, I actually find it harder to leave home now than my kids are older. Sorry if your kids are little. But now that my kids are older, I find it harder to leave home because when they were little, they were in bed. Nothing was going on. No one was screaming at anybody. No, no, there's no drama. You just walked out. They generally stayed asleep. Now you go out and you're like, oh, what is going to go wrong? <laughs> oh, I know. I'm getting these like, really? Looks. Anyway. God, I can, uh, you can ponder what that story means for you as a parent later, but what does that mean for you with God as your father? Being, you know, guaranteeing a meaningful interaction with God means you need to stop. It means you need to put aside the things that distract you. It means you need to be intentional about putting yourself in proximity to God because God is a loving father, waiting, willing Wanting to have a meaningful interaction with us, but sometimes we're too busy, too distracted, too stressed, and we miss out. God does not look at this room as I look at this room and see a lot of people. God looks at this room and He sees you as an individual, whether you are five, whether you are 10, whether you are 15, whether you are 25, whether you are 65, or anything above, below, and in between. God sees you, an individual. And says, that's how I feel about you. That's what I want to have with you. And on Father's Day, if we all took a moment to put ourselves physically, our hearts, our minds in proximity and closeness to God, that he could show us that love. How would it be if from this point on, every child, every man, every woman, every teenager, every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every student, how would it be if we lived, walked, moved, breathed, and had our being knowing that God is our Father and has this love for us that we cannot even fathom, we cannot even comprehend? How would that affect our lives, our days, and those around us? Romans Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible is one giant love story. It has drama, it has death, it has war, it has famine, it has love and it has loss, but it is all about love and his love for you. Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19 says, when I think of this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, did you know that was coming, Rory? You said wide. How wide, how long, how high, how deep is His love? You may experience this, you may experience the love of Christ through it is too great to understand fully. Then you will make, be made complete in the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The Passion Translation says that last bit, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. Take a moment to not just hear the words, but actually like take them in to put your heart in proximity to the word of God. The great magnitude of the astonishing love that Christ has in in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching in his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends all of our understanding. This extravagant love pours Into you until you are filled with overflowing of the fullness of God. If you've been around church any amount of time, you'll know that the word love is is written a lot of times in the Bible, around 550 times. But you will have heard probably that the word love loses a lot of meaning in the Bible because there is, for you know, when it was translated from Greek to English, there was like some articles suggest five, six, seven, eight meanings for the word love that they just translated to love. But there are four main meanings of love. You know, like, so when we read love, love, love in the Bible, when it was written in Greek, it was written with all these different words that had all these different meanings. So, you know, you can say, I love my shoes, I love my mum, I love chocolate, I love my husband, and I love my kids. But I don't love them all the same. You know, like, I I definitely love my family more than I love chocolate. It means something, because I quite like chocolate. Oh, no, not shoes. (laughs) Definitely more than shoes. Shoes come last in this. Family chocolate. (laughs) Shoes. With so many different scenarios, it turns love into something that's vague and a little bit misunderstood. I'm going to tell you very, very quickly the four four main meanings of the word love. One is affectionate, familiar love that you might have with your siblings, your parents, your pets. The other is a friendship love, and that's actually got three different words, so like your best friend, love, but then also you've got workmates that, you know, you might love in a certain way. I love my workmates, (laughs) just saying. Well, I don't love you the same as I love my children or my (laughs) husband, right? So it's appropriate. There's a romantic love, passionate, rapturous love, and there's a garpe love, the highest form of love, unconditional love, that is the love of God. So if you're a scholar out there and you study that, don't shoot me, it's just a short for the purpose of today. It shows there are different levels of love, and there is a level of God's love that we... As humans struggle to comprehend, struggle to understand, and struggle to grasp it, what we need to know is that it's there, that there is a love of a father there for us that could change everything. In your heart and in your mind, if you could grasp it, it can change everything. You may not have a good earthly father. Father's Day may be hard for you, and I'm sorry that that is your experience but it does not take away from the fact that there is a Father in heaven who loves you more than you could ever understand, ever comprehend. We doubt God's love sometimes because we've had relationships that have hurt us. There's been brokenness, there's been hurt, bad choices that we've made, that other people have made that have affected us, that cause us to doubt why God would choose to love us. But the Bible is full of stories, full of verses, full of things that declare God's love for you. Psalm 36, verse five to to seven, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike. O God, how precious is your unfailing love. Psalm 136, his faithful love endures forever. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. He will take delight in you with with gladness, with love. He will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Psalm 86. But you, Lord, are a gracious, a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. And you know, we read these verses and sometimes, especially if you've heard a lot of Bible verses before, it can just become this kind of, oh yeah, yeah, of course God loves me. That God wants to have this intimacy with you, this moment where you stand in a proximity to God, where you seek him and he comes and he meets you. That they don't, they don't become words about love, but they come a knowledge, a knowing deep in your spirit that God loves you beyond measure. That he is a father that will never let you down. He is a father that will always be there. 1 John 4 verse 18, where God's love is, there is no fear because God's perfect love drives out all fear. Can I have the youth band back up, please? And you know, the old faithful, if, I think someone actually said this really recently when they read this verse, like, are you really married if this verse isn't read out at your, at your wedding? Didn't one of the guest preachers say that? I just can't remember. 1 Corinthians 13, verse four to seven. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not rejoice in injust- about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins. Love never gives up. Love never never loses faith. It, always, it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance.